All right, everybody. Are you ready for a spectacular show? Introduce the original bad hombre, the amazing nerd, the hardest working Antifa boys on George Soros's payroll. With Pablo Morale Martinez and Ernesto Mancibo, only on Radio Free Brooklyn. What a time. Anyway. Uh, what a mess. Uh, but I'll tell you what's not a mess. Uh, the fact that I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And together we are the Robots vs. Toxas program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. That <laughs> is right. Hmm. <laughs> You want to oh know my god! <laughs> oh, sorry. You want to know what else is a mess? Uh, <laughs> Why don't you th- tell me? This past weekend in downtown DC, uh, white supremacists staged a rally, and uh, apparently, uh, when it comes down to being the uh, the builders of Western civilization, as they often espouse. Uh, Planning and logistics is not one of their strong suits. <laughs> no, it's 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 so funny. You're you're talking, of course, about like that 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 recent thing where like the Patriot Front went down to D.C. That's and then right. they're just like, we're going to reclaim America without really going into specifics about what that is. Um, <laughs> because, you know, logistics. Right. Who cares? You know, <laughs> riot now, logistics later. We'll figure exactly. it all out in post, uh, <laughs> according to, you know, these these uh, white supremacist douchebags. But like, you know, um, what's the story? Like they got out there and they got out to D.C. to, to, do, to do their protest with their plastic like cosplay gear <laughs> with their plastic, <laughs> with their plastic shields, which I'm sure all of them were fantasizing was made of vibranium. Uh, yeah. and African metal. Yes, yes, I got yes, geeky right. and political <laughs> in the same sentence. Um, but uh, they're there with their plastic shields uh, and, uh, you know, face wraps, uh, all synchronizing with I what look like blue windbreakers and khakis. I don't know. It's, they, they're clearly- They've adopted like the corniest fucking style. Um, except for like the white tipped polos, like uh, for a while I was rocking the white tipped polos Mm -hmm. and then they were just like, no, that's, that's something that we do. And I was like, fuck, I can't wear that anymore. Um, Uh, these fucking, these fucking guys, there were only about like a hundred or so of them at this rally. Um, so, you know, it it wasn't exactly a storm, more like a drizzle, I'd say, uh, It was a Patriot Front, my friend. <laughs> it a was Patriot Front that that easily got beaten by by a, a fucking rental error in the with their U-Haul trucks. Oh, God. Or whatever the fuck. They they rented a U-Haul <laughs> truck, which if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's not those aren't really made to carry people. It's just empty space to throw your shit in, and. Uh, move when you only have like one or two friends who'll help you with the actual move and even then you have to promise them weed at the end of the move in order for them to come you know what i mean right right no i know i've been there so (laughs) still there but uh (laughs) 
yeah. Uh, but they, they, I, I guess they didn't plan it right. So they only they had one U-Haul truck to transport a bunch of them, and then they were just like making multiple trips because they were stranded in D.C. in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, it was forty-five degrees, and uh, <laughs> they oh, baby cold, baby cold. <laughs> I guess. Captain America? <laughs> <laughs> they would fucking shit themselves if they heard you saying that. We should record that and just like play it at their rallies from yeah. now on. <laughs> just over a giant fucking over giant speakers. <laughs> it would irritate them to no end. But over the course of three hours, they had to do multiple trips to get everybody. Uh, on this truck and back home to wherever the fuck they can. Uh, apparently, none of them uh, thought to rent a car or, I don't know, get on public transit. Uh, who the fuck knows? But um, if, that is, if this isn't uh, symbolic of uh, white supremacy in the current day, it's like it's all bluster and very little organization. Or forethought, like that, that, because like you know, if we're going to delve into the tales of white supremacy, you know, here on the Robots versus Taxes Power Hour, uh, we, I I think no um, no uh, terrifying tale of white supremacy is complete without a, a little uh, of some words of wisdom from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh boy! So, <laughs> it's the Marjorie Taylor Green corner. Um, so this past weekend, she tweeted out, "Get this! You're gonna love this." She tweeted, "One every single year, more than six hundred thousand people in the U.S. die from cancer. The country has never once shut down. Not a single school has closed." And every year, over 600,000 people of all ages and all races will continue to die from cancer. COVID's uh, a lot. You know, it's... Like <laughs> uh, oh, Woo. my God. That whole, statement sound, that whole statement sounded like it had carcinogens in it. it she's such a fucking idiot. That's right. She equated COVID, the current COVID pandemic to, to cancer. Oh. <laughs> and and the, iron, the, the irony works on many levels. First of all, there are a bunch of her, of her constituents who are just like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Secondly, after after that whole, you know, flowery like, oh, but cancer's a problem too, she would turn right the fuck around and vote against any measure to expand health care to the masses in the United States and bring us more in line with our with our uh, first world contemporaries uh pretty much across the globe. Uh, I'm talking about uh, uh you know, healthcare for all. Uh, she would turn right around and say, oh, but that's communism. It's just like, but what about the people with cancer? Hmm. She's like, oh, whatever. 
It's a lie. It, that that's another liberal lie Ugh. that they're that they're using to pad a doctor's pockets with silver and and of of such and that. Okay. Oh, I mean, you God. speak to somebody who doesn't have like two fucking brain cells. <laughs> fucking, fucking shit. Why? Why? Oh God! It's I. I, I have to admit, it, between her and Bobert, uh, it's really disheartening to see that anybody, and I mean anybody, can be a politician on a whim if you live in a backwater enough district. Uh, and yeah, I'm talking about their districts. Whatever. I mean, can, can you honestly tell me anybody who voted for her or look for either of them? Uh, can look at them and say, yeah, that person is representing me in the uh, the most powerful platforms of power in this country. It it's it sends a shiver down my spine. It really does. Well, I mean, it, it's it's just unfortunate that that's the kind of direction that the Republican Party seems to be moving towards. Mm. Uh because you know just recently and i'm not saying i'm not trying to deify anyone especially not someone such as bob dole right mm. uh but bob dole represented kind of like the old guard way of republican kind of thinking where he would kind of you know if there was racism at his rallies or like there were racists at his rallies he'd like tell them to, like he's get it he'd get his guards or entourage or security detail to usher them out um because he understood that that's not what politics is those are the fringes but now the fringes well they're part they, it's that they're part of the features now you know <laughs> uh so uh yeah it's it's just kind of it, it, it's it's more than appalling to see somebody like Lauren Boebert come into you know the come onto the Senate floor and like fucking you know uh, say some racist shit against Ilhan Omar, which she's been doing mm-hmm. lately, uh, and get away with it because the her party is just like ah we didn't see nothing you know. Mm. They're taking a real NYPD approach to this this whole Ilhan Omar uh, kind of uh, shtick, and I think that um, you know it's it, the Republicans are just fucking gross, mm. and uh, like it's just it's like where does it where does what where does this fucking stop with the racism and the and the this this fucking um, the fact that, like they're they're their message right now is like racism and being against vaccinations, mm. um, which is also killing them. It's killing their constituents, but they don't give a shit, you know? Well, they, what they mostly rely look at this point, uh, Republicans know that they are outnumbered in this country. Uh, that's why they have to keep redrawing the maps in order to give themselves advantages in districts and hold on to the electoral college uh, as hard as they can and in conjunction uh, that helps them to at least give them fighting chances if not good chances uh, during certain elections but the majority of the country leans toward 
more liberal policies, more progressive policies. Uh, people across the board generally want really great access to health care and not be robbed uh, money-wise in order to get it and not fall into medical debt. People uh, want access to uh, clean water and to protect the environment. It's just this small, super vocal group that for some reason just needs to be contrarian just for contrarian sake uh, because it's the tradition in this country that white hegemony just has to be awful. Uh, and that's such a that's such a weird phenomenon. It's like the uh, since this country's inception, the the awfulness that gave us slavery, that gave us Jim Crow, that gave us uh, the subjugation of women, the second uh, making women second class citizens, uh, looking at anybody who's not Christian as some sort of evil somehow held on to that power all these years without introducing anything, anything at all that appeals to the masses, uh, that actually helps people. And now that they find themselves on the shrinking end, on the losing end, as we've seen with the latest census, the that population is shrinking and will continue to shrink and will become uh, a minority in a scant 20 to 30 years. Uh, they don't know how to pivot away from that. They just don't. There's nothing that no, says like, there's just, le like, yeah, kit no, no. like something simple like kittens for everybody. They won't even do that. You know, it's just like, oh, <laughs> if the left likes it, we can't do it. It's just like, what yeah. the fuck? I'm holding a burning, a kitten burning rally <laughs> oh my down God. in D.C. <laughs> I hope the Patriot Front shows up with more than one U-Haul truck, because come on, guys, <laughs> let's get it together. You know, I will not stand for <laughs> I will not stand for kitten burnings. Yeah, <laughs> God, it's just gonna smell like hair. It's oh. like fucking <laughs> smell like the inside of a fucking barber shop. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! There'd just be a plume of of burnt hair over the entire United States. It'd be a disaster. Nobody's going to stand for that. No, and that's that's and that's what the conservative right uh, stands for: burning kittens. I mean, we you heard it here first. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got him, buddy. You got him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I do have I do have points to say on this show. Very very intuitive points to say. Um. <laughs> Do you want to switch gears? Let's let's let's, let's switch gears. Uh, let's let's get fun. <laughs> let's get fun. Thank God. <sighs> From the normal world of unending misery and uh, right wing white hegemonic uh, misery, uh, we turn our attention now to the robot section where it's all fun, and Hawkeye is one of the best archers in the game. That's right. That's right. Talking about Kate Bishop Hawkeye because uh, <laughs> Clint Barton Hawkeye be fucking up. <laughs> he um, he is covering his tracks. I I'm wondering like how they're gonna seal this whole shit in six episodes because the whole thing is him being like, 
Oh, remember that time I kind of went on a racist m- killing spree? <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> you know, nobody knows, so I just uh, if I just burn the the, the costume, you know, <laughs> I could go home in time for Christmas, get some eggnog. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be refreshing if you know during the course of these next three episodes, he's tying up all the loose ends. Kate Bishop is is helping him. She's learning the tricks of the trade or whatever. Um, they managed to get all the Ronin paraphernalia back, you know, and it seems like it's going to be <laughs> a really like cool Christmas ending. And then at the end, Clint murders Kate because it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you're the last to know. And yeah. then he takes his Ronin sword that's retractable and it just like pops out through her chest. And she's like, oh, and he's like, He's like, shh, nobody can know. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> don't struggle. Don't struggle. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> It'll all be over soon. Just don't. Just close your eyes. <laughs> She's like, you know, Oh, God. Just throw. You know, he just he just weighs her down so that she sinks to the bottom of the Hudson. Yeah, slaps Kingpin five. Oh shit! Holy shit! Gets into stretch limo and takes off. Holy shit! Oh. Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Disney Plus. You know? <laughs> oh my God. Oh. In a, in a show that is trying so hard to avoid graphic violence, mm. like for it to just run and fully embrace that. Intense. I, I have no words. <laughs> would be. I think at that point that would become the greatest Disney Plus show in history. Uh, oh yeah, it would be the bravest move that anybody has ever made. But <laughs> be like, yo, Avengers Endgame was one thing, but did you see how Hawkeye? Ended? <laughs> <laughs> Killed her. <laughs> Goes back to his family. He's just a family man. Oh, how was everything? Oh, you could say that. Uh, you know, it's water under the bridge. And then he winks at the camera, you know. <laughs> and then it's like that that little, like that circle that like gets smaller and smaller. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Merry Christmas from Hawkeye, from the Barton family, you know. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, God. But in, in all seriousness, though, I... Uh, when this show was announced, I was not enthusiastic for it. I, I thought to myself, look, Hawkeye's a great supporting character. I, I like, you know, that there's a regular human on these team of, you know, superheroes and demigods. But uh, him as a standalone focus, I wasn't sure about it. Um, and then the trailer was presented sort of like as a Christmassy kind of like fun romp. Um, At least that's the way it came across to me. And I was just like, "Mm, I'm still not feeling it. But I dove in uh, partially because of your recommendation. Uh, You're just like, this is definitely, it definitely has Marvel touches. And uh, I 
I'm having fun watching this, and I'm surprised that uh, Clint Barton is struggling uh, just under the surface with what he did as Ronan. Like, he's really showing, like, oh, boy, I fucked up, and I have to clean this up. Uh, Yeah, and part of his cleanup involves, like, coming face-to-face with the character known as Echo, Mm. who um, is played by the the talented, like, talented doesn't even begin to describe, uh, Alakwa Cox. Mm. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, and but she is, she com- I think she steals every scene that she's in because I'm just like, wow, what a presence. Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. And it, it's just it's it's just cool to finally see some representation um, in in uh, see you know disabled representation in the MCU mm. with the casting of this character and the fact that she's going to be getting her own show. Fuck. I, I'm so, I'm fucking excited. Is and, she getting her own show? Yeah. She's getting her own show. Oh, plus they're also, they're also giving it a, like a, t- you see a little bit of a tease towards Kingpin, um, which I'm really hoping it's the daredevil Kingpin. Uh, now, now was that tease <laughs> real and confirmed? I mean, everyone's keeping uh, everyone's keeping it hush hush. Nobody's like really talking, mm. but I'm pretty certain that we're gonna get. I I I'm almost certain that it's that it's Kingpin. Uh, and and I I I think it's the Daredevil Kingpin because you know oh. it's it's there's such an a groundswell of support for Vincent D'Onofrio's portrayal of you know Wilson Fisk that. I mean, it'd be in, it'd be like silly not to cast him, you know. He was uh, he was fantastic, and look, I'm pretty sure in No Way Home we're gonna we're gonna get Daredevil, um, at least in a brief cameo. So this is the MCU's way to do right by some of the characters of the Netflix Marvel series. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm I'm also man I, I'm also looking forward to the Spider-Man uh, across the multiverse uh, movie that's coming out. Yeah, uh, I know I'm ju- I'm jumping ahead because I'm just like oh let's let's skip through this Hawkeye <laughs> business. I mean the show is fine the show is fine I li- I like it okay. It, it just I just feel like it hasn't grabbed me as much as I feel like WandaVision has. True. True. Um, and, and it also and honestly feels like a stopgap show because I really want to see because I'm just like, uh, can we skip the Hawkeye and just fast forward to the Echo show? Because that is so much more interesting <laughs> in character. Uh, I got to admit, though, I really enjoyed the uh, the Pym Arrow. I thought that was a really cool. Yes. OK. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> Although, fuck's sake, that is an act of terrorism, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the bridge was damaged. Like the Brooklyn Bridge uh, sustained like major structural damage. Major structural damage. (laughs) That's right. Immediately, as soon as I saw that, I was like, wow, that's cool. 
that's also terrorism. What what are you doing? Could you could you imagine being in either bar in downtown of either borough of uh, Brooklyn or Manhattan? And you know you're going about your business, and you know the Brooklyn Bridge. It's a, it's a fucking landmark. You're you're looking at it at any given point, <laughs> and you're far away, and suddenly you see a giant fuck arrow just materialize <laughs> over the bridge and then come down uh, onto a car. You're like, what the? F-? Well, I, I mean, I guess if you're in the MCU, you must be like, eh, just another day in New York. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, which makes me think, and I know this has been covered multiple times. I, I, they, DC even made like a short-lived TV show based on the public uh, surrounding their respective superhero universe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but but let, let's talk about like what goes on through the mind of a person living, an ordinary person, without any powers. Hold on. Uh, Good through, one. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, through the Marvel universe, because there's lots of trauma to get over. Oh uh, my God! There, like I imagine, if uh, if if an arrow, if a giant arrow, like you know, a lot of people take their wedding photos on the Brooklyn Bridge. So to <laughs> all of a sudden, like you know, go from like, oh man, I hope the DJ calls back to like, holy fuck, you know. <laughs> Like people, people in the Marvel universe must wear diapers like <laughs> most of the time. Cause, I mean, I would, uh, I and you know, I have. Ouch. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There must be. Yeah. <laughs> there. First of all, the uh, the mental health industry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe must be booming. Uh, it's the hot. It's the hot career. Like, like to be a therapist, to be a a grief counselor. Oh my god! You must like, be making Michael Jordan money. Starting salary is is well into the six figures, um, and with only like ten months of training. Like it. It must be. <laughs> It must be unbelievable. Uh, just the amount of trauma that exists, uh, in the, especially in New York. I can't imagine what has happened to uh, property values. I mean, imagine living in uh, Manhattan during the Jatari invasion. Uh, you think you think living on Madison Avenue is the shit. Uh, you've made it, and then suddenly aliens just wreck every fucking thing. Uh, do you stay? In Manhattan, no, no, you do what a lot of people did after 9-11. You sort of make your way into Brooklyn, uh, make Williamsburg right. what it is today, right. and uh, <laughs> and snap up all the property. Williamsburg and Bushwick. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, so it, it, the, the, the real estate in, uh, uh, establishment must be in complete flux uh, on top of, you know, the trauma that we, we spoke about. Um but who else is doing well in an MCU economy? Who else is doing well in the MCU? I don't know. People who make log cabins, <laughs> <laughs> the dustpan industry. That- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently Broadway is doing quite well because the uh, oh, that's right, <laughs> the Holy Broadway shit. show Rogers <laughs> was hilarious as fuck. 
I honestly, that was worth the price of admission uh, <laughs> or, or a Disney Plus subscription just to see Rogers and to see. <laughs> Holy shit. It's so it was so Broadway that I was like, wow, they did it. Like, where can I see this? I would love to see Rogers the musical. They must have brought in actual Broadway choreographers and production people because the quality of that production, I was just like, that's what you see when you go to Broadway. That's the caliber of production. Um, yeah, that's right. Even the, the scaled back, like, nobody's wearing, like, silly costumes. They're all kind of just wearing, like, a t-shirt and jeans approximations of what they wear. Uh, and I was like, what a, what an interesting touch. Like, kind of a minimalist approach to the Avengers, right? <laughs> what? But, but uh, Hulk's part was uh, just fucking hilarious. It's like when they repeated his his phrase, it was just like, like Hulk, uh, Hulk, uh, Hulk, Hulk, smash! You know, it was. <laughs> it's just like, oh god, this is such, this is so musical theater. It's it's right on the nose. Not since Planet of the Apes was made into a musical have I ever <laughs> delighted in something. In in a fictional in a fictional musical production. <laughs> oh man, and they 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 really um, they really knew how to mix it up in there because you know you're laughing your ass off at this production, and then Clint Barton is watching this ridiculousness. He's just like, oh, I almost died that day, but yeah, let's make it a Broadway play. And then he sees, you know, the actress playing Natasha Romanoff and remembers, oh, that's right. I saw one of my best friends, uh, somebody who's saved my life on countless occasions, literally slip from my grip and die on another planet. Uh, but uh, <laughs> just that sentence alone should like guarantee you years alone in a padded cell. Because it's like... <laughs> She slipped from my grip on another planet so I could get the soul stone. It's like, all right, buddy. <laughs> Time to go. Is the dragon? No, you don't understand. I had to get the gauntlet to Black Panther, who's the king of Wakanda. Oh, yeah, that's right. He knew my name. He knew my name. <laughs> it's Clint. Table for one, Clit Bart, whatever his name is, Clit Barton. <laughs> I'm sorry. His name, every, every, like, as m the more they say it, the more I'm just like, it just sounds like people are saying Clit. So I'm just like, <laughs> okay. Anyways. Uh, Clit Barton. No, that's, uh, you're thinking about this ain't Avengers Endgame. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> triple X. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. With Lexington Steel as uh, fucking <laughs> Nick Fury, right? He he did do that actually. Yeah, he did. I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we know too much about that world. Oh my God, dude, it was a meme for like forever. Oh, uh, oh my God. But uh, uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> let's veer away from porn and back to you know the important stuff. Marvel superheroes. <laughs> but yeah, the Rogers musical was great. Uh, what else? <laughs> Fucking uh, 
Echo is fantastic. I fucking love where that's going. I, uh, I, I have and, to see more and, of that and, actress just in fucking everything. Yeah. And also, they made a hint towards Black Widow. And I'm wondering when that shoe was going to drop because, I mean, it was promised at, towards the end of... Uh, I, I, at the mid-credits stinger for Black Widow, uh, where Yelena was told by... Um, Contessa Million Names. I forget what her name is. <laughs> Elaine. Let's just call her Elaine. Yeah, <laughs> Elaine. Elaine Bennis, where Elaine Bennis was like. <laughs> Can you spare a square? And she was like, no, no. <laughs> I don't have a, sp- a square to spare. Uh, uh, but no, but uh, she basically told her that uh, Clint Barton was the one that murdered her sister. So I am hoping that uh, that pays off at some point, uh, but I have a feeling that it's only going to pay off at the tail end of the entire season. Mm. So mm. we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. She'll, she'll be sure to show up. She'll probably be eating with Clint's family when he shows, when he shows up, he's just like, Hey Clint, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then it'll, you know, dun, 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 you know, and Clint Barton will return in Hawkeye season two. If that's, how it, if that's how it ends, if that's how it ends, whatever. Oh, fuck it. This, uh, I have a I, feeling that's how it might end. Oh, God, I think you might be right because we're only on the third episode of this show and I'm like, this doesn't, I'm enjoying it, but this doesn't deserve a, a second season, in my opinion. You know, just spin it off into something else. Have Hawkeye do a cameo or whatever. But I'm just not interested in the Hawkeye uh, story. Unless they're going to go real hardcore, as we spoke about at the beginning of the Hawkeye segment of today's show. Um, Unless they go into the dark, the dark background of his motivations. um, And doing away with that privileged brat, Kate. um, Then I'm, I'm really not interested in the second season. I wanted to know what your thoughts were on Kate Bishop because I was just like, uh, this is an interesting kind of character to, you know, base your your series kind of around. You know, mm. because she's basically the motivating the motivating force behind the whole show. Yeah, right. It's kind of like grooming her to be the next Hawkeye. So, uh, but but also she, she comes off as like. You know, lives on Madison Avenue. I'm doing my, you know, I'm yeah, I I go and hang out at like these cool parties in like three hundred dollar black suits. By the way, that black suit looked really good on her. I was just like, damn, she could wear a fucking suit. That's true. Uh, but anyway, That's very true. Uh, but uh, but you know, I was like, I I don't know if I can. I mean, am I supposed to relate to somebody who is uh, <laughs> comes from a privileged? Like a very privileged background. That place that she lives in has to be at least like a hundred million dollars. Like it's it's a ridiculous level of uh, privilege that uh, she grew up in. And I'm not buying the loss that she suffered as a kid. The off-screen death of her dad. Um, he was he wasn't even given the dignity of like you know. Okay, still alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, right. <laughs> oh, he might still be alive. Oh, I think you might be right. 
But if we're going to buy Kate Bishop as any sort of like hero, she's going to have to suffer some sort of horrific loss, like horrific, like her, her whole family is going to have to fall into a meat grinder or something because even her own mother was like, listen, you've grown up, uh, you've grown up rich, uh, and you've grown up kind of like a superhero and both think both of those groups think that they're invincible and you're not, you know, it's, and her mother was just like, I didn't grow up with this shit. So I'm telling you right now, like knock it off. Um, she should have just been like, and also you're a white woman in this country. You're a potential uh, Karen. So, you know, get your shit in check. Like that would have been awesome. Uh, but, you know, Disney won't go there. So you're you're a, a privileged white woman who literally lands on her feet when she falls. <laughs> like it's like. There, there's no metaphor here, you know, uh, but I, I'm also amazed that you skipped the tasteful death of like the 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 somber the somber tragedy of uh, uh, the Wayne family, and you went straight to Saw. You were like, "All right, let, let, I hope they go in a fucking meat grinder, like, and they just get fucking like turned into you know." Uh, Bishop puree, you know? <laughs> oh, Jesus, and then they get served in like a little can where, like, uh, all of a sudden the pizza dog eats it, and then she's like, "No, mom," you know. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I. Somebody, please hire Pavel to write this shit because. That's what I want to see. I've had enough. You said we've, it. You said we came up with it together. We've had decades of of Wayne tasteful family death where, you know, two rich people are killed in an alley and they they lay on the ground in this beautiful death pose like, oh, Avengers son, you know, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Wayne grows up. He's just like, oh, what would I do with all my money and privilege and mansion? I will be the bat. You know, <laughs> I will be the Batman and fight crime. You know, it's like. How about funding social programs? No, I must brutalize criminals and send them to the hospital and with shattered <laughs> kidneys and, and whatnot. I like that you gave him a finishing school for boys accent. Like it's, <laughs> I'm imagining it must be tough to, to pull off fighting crime with that accent. It's like, <laughs> drop the girl, Joker. You, know? <laughs> you there, Two-Face. Enough with your, with your mother, Grusui. Somebody sounds like a real fancy pants. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh God, <laughs> Harvey and Harvey and Two Face are like really squabbling today. So, uh, but uh, yeah. shut up, Harvey. All right, all right. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, they've they've, they've got to brutalize her origin story a little more. Otherwise, uh, I'm not. I'm just not going to buy it. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. I mean, like, she has, she, like, the actress is is really charismatic. So, mm. uh, I I'm kind I'm kind of buying it. But like, it's her, it's more her character. It's not the personality. It's the character. It's yeah. Like, what What are they trying to say? You know, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, you know, any any white woman of privilege can become a Hawkeye, you know? Yeah, seriously. As long as they have a, <laughs> a bow and arrow. Uh, so, 
uh, we'll see where that goes. But uh, with regards to uh, let's let's talk about um, Spider Man. Spider-Man, first of all, uh, props to, I never thought I'd say this, props to Sony for dropping the trailer the way they did. It just sort of uh, came in the early evening uh, yesterday, Saturday night, and uh, I saw some murmur. First, The first sign that I saw that something happened, I was uh, on Instagram and I saw Boss Logic uh, post a uh, one of Miles' sneakers. And his comment section was just going crazy. They were just like, well, uh, did something? People were just like, the trailer's out. The trailer's out. So I was just like, I ran right over to YouTube, saw the trailer. And I got to admit, I was getting flutters because I remembered when you and I were at Comic-Con uh, 20 years ago. And we managed to sit in on the panel for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And we thought we were going re- to get a regular panel where, you know, there was going to be a Q&A with some of the voice actors, you know. And we were happy with that. We were satisfied with that because we're humble folks, you and I. We're humble. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we're super humble. And then... But then... Yeah, but then... <laughs> <laughs> and then they were just like, you know, we thought of giving you guys a teaser, but there's not enough of the film that's finished to do that. And... We thought, you know, maybe some behind the scenes shots or whatever. But, you know, you come to this is New York Comic Con. You come and, you know, and you expect to see something, you know, you pay good money for this. So we decided that we're just going to screen the first half an hour of a movie for you guys. And everybody lost their shit. We were just like, what? What the f- we get to see the first half an hour of a movie that doesn't come out for months? And they warned us. They were just like, look, there's some shots that are just not finished. Um, uh, it, this is animation. You know, uh, it's a it's a terrible strain on the animator's wrist to do this live. So. <laughs> so you got to bear with us. <laughs> and we saw the first half an hour of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And it was um, it was absolutely amazing. Um, and so when That's this. Right. When Even though those tra- parts of it were unfinished, it was yeah. it was really good. No, yeah, it was it was fucking fantastic. And uh, when this trailer dropped, I I started getting those feelings again. I was just like, this. Everybody who works on this um, believes in the character, believes in the franchise, and they're putting their best work into it. And I feel like we got to see some of that in the trailer. What what did you think? I am really excited. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I, I'm so psyched for, for this Spider-Man. And I feel like almost to the point where I'm like, am I more excited for across the multiverse than I am for Spider-Man, uh, you know, uh, the, the far uh never going home or whatever <laughs> no way uh, <laughs> <laughs> no way home <laughs> i wish they would drop that fucking shit like i'm just like come on guys we get it you're home like it's a you're home it's a homecoming uh, you know you hugged it out at home you know you jerk off at home you're just like let's chill the fuck out you know is is the home aspect of the, of the title 
supposed to be a, a, a tip of the hat that Spider-Man is now part of the MCU. Is, is that what it is? Yeah, that's exact. I think that's exactly what it is. Okay. All right. Because like when it was like announced that it was like Spider-Man Homecoming, I'm like, oh, it's because, you know, and they try to wink to the audience. They're just like, ah, oh, no, we mean the Homecoming dance. Wink, wink. No, it's <laughs> like, nah, it's because he's at the, he's in the MCU, mm. you know. So, uh, I'm fuck. I'm surprised that they're not going to call the next Venom movie like Venom, you know, uh, just kicking it in in the in the crib, you know. <laughs> Venom cribs, you know. <laughs> oh man, don't put it past don't put it past them. It's um. They may do that since, uh, spoiler for those who haven't seen uh, Venom 2, uh, which includes me. I still haven't seen Venom 2, but I did see the post credit. <laughs> um, Venom uh, somehow jumped universes and is now in the MCU. Yeah, the, the way he did it, too, was like so... It, it felt like such a lazy moment. It's just like he just he basically just stands around and the universe changes around him. Yep. It's it's almost like the reverse of Poochie, where instead of like leaving frame, he comes into frame and he suddenly exists, you know. Oh, my God. It was like, all right. They just crammed that one in. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. I saw... Did I tell you I saw fucking Venom? And it was... um, Well, Venom goes to a rave and steals the show. Really? Yeah. And if you like that that whole... uh, That sentence that I just (laughs) said, you're going to like the movie. (laughs) I... uh... I didn't like the sentence. No, okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You sound crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Morbius. Sorry, I'm contractually obligated to say that. Did did you see the... uh, Once every episode now. Did did you see the scene that friend of the show, Jamie Veterame, sent us via text that they... the, The... Basically, the the meat and potatoes of his origin story. Uh, Did you click that link today? No, no, no. I didn't click that link today. It's basically the transformation scene of... uh, Oh, where he holds his hand through that plastic thingy and like all these vampire bats. (sighs) No, no, no. It's the... Okay. You know, the the requisite lab scene that uh, every hero of that type goes through where it's just like, I'm in a lab and, you know... Uh, my health is somehow changed and makes me superhuman. Um, and of course, I immediately have to put these powers into action. And uh, so, that's the scene. Sony, Sony loves doing that. I wonder if Avi Arad has like, uh, he's like, uh, uh, you know, has like a, a, a lab or a pharmaceutical like uh <laughs> has a pharmaceutical money go flowing in his pocket for him to be like, I, yeah, I, I know where we're going to shoot this. We're going to shoot this in this lab. And like, <laughs> really another lab. She's like, yes, because I say so, you know, 
uh, meanwhile, cashing his check, you know, from Fiz- Pfizer. Pfizer's <laughs> just like, check your Venmo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I rule. Yeah. <laughs> Avia run. But uh, yeah, I'm just like, wh- why the why the fuck? Because it's like every other, every fucking uh, Marvel uh, Marvel Sony Marvel villain goes through a transformation in a lab. Mm. Fucking uh, Green Goblin lab. Yes, right? yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sandman lab outdoors. Right. <laughs> uh, who was the other one? Electro lab. Yep. Uh, Doctor Octopus, lab. Well, it, uh, it mobile was lab. Mobile lab. Yes, it was his lab. So you know. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Venom lab. Yep. Uh, it's it's always like a lab or a forest. Like <laughs> two things you're guaranteed to see in a in a Sony movie is either a lab or a forest, which just goes okay. to show you you can't trust labs. You know. No, he can't. So I'm telling no. all I'm telling all college students listening to the show right now, uh, go to the main class, but don't go to lab. <laughs> buy pit bulls, you know. <laughs> Chihuahuas. Don't, don't buy labs. Oh God. Uh, oh, it took me a second. Da, 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 da. <laughs> this That's is the my theme song <laughs> for my horrible joke. <laughs> This is the quality that you come to robots versus taxes for. Like, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm not feeling well after I took that fucking COVID booster. So this is the caliber that you're all sur- are stuck with. Well, that's because you went to a lab to get your booster <laughs> shot. So you're going to wake up tomorrow with tendrils coming out of your butt. And that's true. <laughs> and you'll have to take to the streets in order to fight crime, you know, but but. Knowing your luck, you'll you'll be fighting like white collar crime, so you'll become like this deadly accountant who, <laughs> when you see something's off on the books, that's when you're like doing people from HR in. You know, it's just like, oh my god, they s- somehow Sally ended up with a million paper clips ran through her body. You know, who could have done this? <laughs> the squid. <laughs> that's, uh, that's <laughs> Yeah, that's the name I'm annou- I'm formally announcing. That's my supervillain name. <laughs> you said tentacles are coming out of my ass. So I figured, you know, what else has tentacles? Squids. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of potential there. You could definitely end up in Korean films with that. So yes, that's right. Oh man, <laughs> like Japanese hentai. <laughs> oh god oh man somehow we always end up back here jesus Christ. i know i know right <laughs> it's like the porno loop <laughs> oh jeez. oh now listen i know that this is i'm gonna delve into a little bit just slightly into a universe that you do not allow yourself to be part of but i gotta tell you this latest season of star trek discovery is really really beautiful i feel like okay i feel like the storytelling um really aligns it it does what star trek does very well by including modern issues in into this fantastical world and 
allows us to connect to those issues through the characters, what they're feeling, what they're going through, um, while at the same time maintaining the immense sci-fi space epic that is Star Trek. Like they managed to balance both of them really well. Um, there, there's so much there that I, I'm hoping it continues for for several more seasons because there's a lot to tell. But uh, for those of you who are looking for sci-fi with with um, with a focus that addresses modern issues uh, that we discuss in day to day news in our taxes section of the show, I highly recommend just getting into Discovery. I recommend Discovery from season one. But if you have to, you know, uh, start on season three, read a synopsis or something and just go from there because they really do it well. Okay. All right. Cool. Now, also, dear listeners, if you're if you like the the um, vocal stylings of me and or Ernesto and you want to hear us talk about Star Trek stuff, please send us an email at robots versus taxes at gmail dot com. Let us know that you want to hear us talk more about Star Trek because uh, I have been seriously pondering a Star Trek only Patreon uh, <laughs> episode uh, or like a series of shows uh, where we cover the entirety of um, Star Trek The Next Generation onward. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you want to hear us do that, uh, you know, send us an email, uh, reach out through social media, and, uh, uh, you know, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, uh, we're, uh, of course, uh, you know, we're, we're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're there. That's Turn right. Around. We're there. <laughs> we're, there. we're there over your shoulder. <laughs> and we won't tell anyone that you gave us this money to, to, <laughs> to, to make this show. Cause you and me were pals. Yeah. We're pals were friends to the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, with that shameless plug, I think that's a good place to cap it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just reminding you folks as well. Um, tomorrow is matrix Monday. So, uh, when you're listening to this, the tickets will, will be dropping at the, at the same time that the show, uh, has started. So, uh, good luck to all of you. Uh, cause we're going to get, we're going to buy all the tickets. Yeah, listen to us while you're making the call. To get, <laughs> the the call. Oh my God, you am so old. <laughs> while you're ordering tickets online, not calling movie phone. God <laughs> damn, I'm so old. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. <laughs> and with that, I'm Pablo Morales Martinez, and I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are the Robots vs. Texas program on Radio Free Brooklyn. Right. While you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the Week. <laughs> <laughs>